This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christopherson. Michael Brunts here on Wednesday, following Easter, just a week or so removed from the spring game. We are going to keep it pretty simple today. Just going to run through each position and figure out what the guys learned and what they still hope to learn as we figure out what (laughs) Nebraska's chances are in 2022 to put together a winning season. We'll just we'll start it right away with quarterback. We'll make it very simple. We'll have Brian Christopherson. We'll have Michael Brunts. We'll switch it up, and uh, let's just get started. Brian Christopherson, what did we learn this spring at the quarterback position? Are we being graded on this? By the way, are you are you? Uh... I'm gonna re. I'm gonna go back and listen, and I'm gonna score each of you up, and okay. we'll see who does better. All right. All right, that puts the pressure on. Um, I mean, what we learned is Casey Thompson, and this maybe seemed an obvious back in January uh, when he signed up, but he's the guy. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, We don't know, of course, who's necessarily number two, but I thought how clear that seemed like halfway, not even halfway through the spring was sort of intriguing to me. Like I, I thought there would be a little bit more of a, uh, cat and mouse game, at least sort of like how they brought, you know, sort of the public display of how the competition was playing out. And I think it was pretty obvious uh, who had who who's in the lead by a long ways. All right. Michael Brunts, what do we still need to learn about Nebraska at quarterback for the 2022 season? Uh, well, I, I, I like the I, I just want to throw it. I don't I don't think that Mark Whipple strikes me as a cat and mouse kind of guy. But he's, he's not a cat and mouse kind of dude. Uh, what what we still need to know, we still need to know who the backup quarterback is for Nebraska. Um, I would have said at the, at, uh, the midpoint of, of spring that I would I would have felt pretty comfortable saying that was going to be Logan Smothers. We saw Chubba Purdy uh, with basically a week of preparation in the spring game, and I thought he looked pretty comfortable. I think he looked like a guy that with, with enough time on the practice field and learning this offense is going to be in that mix pretty strongly for that, um, that, that backup job. So that is the, the battle that still remains for the quarterback spot is not who the starter is going to be, but who the backup will be. All right. Let's jump right over to running back, switching it back up. Michael Brunts, what do we know about Nebraska at running back? Uh, we, we know that, that Anthony Grant is going to be a factor in that running back race. The, there were a lot of bodies in that, that group in the spring. Anthony Grant came in and showed that he is firmly entrenched in that, that top group of backs. Um, whatever the, the size of that pack is, Anthony Grant is in it, if not um, you know, pretty close to the front of it. He showed that in a, in a very drab 
uh, format in, in the spring game with, with the two-hand touch. Showed a little wiggle, a little burst, uh, and and I think that's uh, what's been lacking at that spot. So Anthony Grant completely, in my mind, changed the, the picture of that running back room with, with his presence. Anthony Grant, for those that need the reminder, is the addition Nebraska got from New Mexico Military Institute. Uh, joined the Huskers in January and, by all counts, had a very good spring BC, what do we need to learn at running back for Nebraska? One other thing about Anthony Grant, he doesn't accept the premise of a question. As a, he, he was actually touched on that touch on his touchdown run if people watched it back, but he just kept going and got himself in the stats with the 60-yard run, so I like that. Um, what do we need to learn is sort of the timetable on Gabe Irvin. Um, when is he fully back, and what does that interject into the competition? Um, I think A.J. Allen, Emmett Johnson, they're, they're sort of you put that group together and you say, which of those guys sort of adds flavor to the three we already know about and uh, is maybe pushing for one of the top two jobs. I think this staff loves Gabe Irvin. I mean, every time Scott Frost talks about the running backs, um, even though Irvin wasn't out there this spring, he would always mention him as like, and of course, we're going to get Gabe back. So I think he's going to be a big part of it. And then I guess, you know, DeAndre Jackson at AM was committed after and plans to transfer. We sort of got to fill that one out and see if that goes through. Um, and, the, and then just movement. Is somebody going to disappear? Is somebody going to enter the portal that's in the program now? So I think that those are the main questions. Quick sidebar here on running backs. Do you feel more optimistic about <laughs> this room at this point now than you did at this point a year ago? We'll start with Brunts. Yes, significantly. And I, I feel like you have, right now, you, you basically have a group of three. You, you've got Yant, you've got Grant, and you've got Ramir Johnson. And I would put Gabe, a healthy Gabe Irvin also in that group. And then, like Brian said, I mean, you're adding A.J. Allen, who... I don't think should be ignored. No. And, and a guy that was recruited specifically by Brian Applewhite twice. And, you know, that, that, that is going to bring another, you know, aspect to that competition. So I, I, yeah, I feel significantly better about the participants in that competition. And I also feel better about the fact that you're probably going to have a couple guys actually emerge that can be a little bit more of the Divina Zigbo type guy that, that, you know, is, is a little bit closer to a bell cow versus the rotating cast of characters that we've seen to have the last couple of years. BC, how do you feel? I feel a lot better that they have more good running backs, like a, a higher amount than they've had in the past, you know, where I think I could name off four or five that I like. The question is, can one of them go from good to great, which is sort of what Brunts is getting at there. And I'm I'm even thinking like I'm not saying someone needs to be Amir Abdullah right off the bat, but I think of Amir as the last like great Husker running back. Really, I mean, there I thought Divine was good, uh, and I thought Dedrick Mills was a good back. But can you have that guy who I always use the Miami 2014 game as an example, who takes runs that are two or three yards and consistently turns them into five or six yards and makes your old line look way better. That's what I, that's what Nebraska has been missing. And I don't know if they have it yet. We'll see. All right, let's move on to wide receiver BC. What do we know about the wide receivers coming out of this spring? 
Um, Trey Palmer, uh, I think, is the real deal and is going to be one of the main guys. Um, I think we know that they have a cast of about six that they believe in. Um, you know, but we also know that Xavier Betts probably isn't going to be part of it, at least that's the latest. And, uh, if, when we started this spring that we thought of him as I think one of the top talents on this roster, if it all, uh, panned out for him. So that, that's a big, uh, hole to cover. Bruns will probably get to this, but I'm interested what Isaiah Garcia Castaneda can do. Um, and sort of maybe he helps fill some of that bet space that is open for guys to, to take up. Michael Bruns, besides the status of Xavier Betts, what don't we know about the wide receivers at this point? Do, do we know if anybody can make plays deep? That That's that's the question. We do not. We do not. That, that's the question that I think is important for Mark Whipple's offense is we know they want to take deep shots. We know they want to force the issue downfield. That has not been something that has been a strength for Nebraska under Scott Frost. So do they have the personnel that will allow them to do that? Do they have the guys that can go up and get 50-50 balls? The the spring game, at least at the wide receiver spot, was not a great um, – there was no big reveal there, I don't think. I mean, we saw the tight ends make a couple nice catches on deep balls, but the, the wide receiver grade is probably still incomplete. So that I wonder is is whether Nebraska can count on that group for more big plays down the field to open things up for the running game. Quick side note: at wide receiver, Nebraska has to replace Samari Toure, who's looking to make it in the NFL. Samari Toure averaged 19 and a half yards a catch. I think that there was some question as to whether if he was going to be used closer to the line of scrimmage or would be a big play threat. I think by the end of his career. Uh, Nebraska got quite a bit out of Samari Toure down the field. And so I, I agree completely with Brunts. I don't know who that guy could be, um, though I would put my chips in the Oliver Martin camp because I'm just going to go all the way down that rabbit hole, even if it doesn't uh, pay off quite how I think. So We know we know one other thing, too. We know Mickey Joseph, oh. we know Mickey Joseph isn't going to wait around on guys forever. Um, and I think that's – I have to say, we didn't hear a lot about the younger crew this spring, and maybe that's just coaches not wanting to build up those guys too fast. But when Mickey was asked point blank, like halfway through about like Kamane Grimes, Neville, Hardy, he gave that answer about, you know, yeah, guys better, they're fighting for a roster spot, not just like to be in the rotation. I thought Kamane had a decent spring game, made a play or two, but you'd love to hear one of those guys pop up. Alante Brown is someone else we know had a good spring. So that's a positive. Um, so now we need to see if that can translate. All right. We're moving to tight ends. And I believe that Michael Brunts, unfortunately, has drawn the toughest question so far. What do we know about Nebraska's tight ends? Um, I, I don't know that we know this, but I think this. I, 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 was, I thought that A.J. Rollins was probably the surprise player of, of the spring for me. Um, with with the complete uh, mash unit at tight end that they had this spring, that meant a lot of reps for James Carney, a lot of reps for AJ Rollins. I've I've been impressed with the, the gains that Rollins has appeared to make in the weight room since he's been on campus. I liked the the catch on the deep ball um, in the spring game, and I think he's a guy that's athletic enough to be a matchup issue for teams if he can get on the field. So. 
what, what I guess what I what we do know is that the guys that were a little bit further down the depth chart got a heck of a lot of run this spring, and I think ultimately that bodes well for the tight end room. And, and here's a bonus thing that we also know: Nebraska is going to try to target the hell out of Travis Vokalek this year. Um, Sean Becton said that as much, and based on Mark Whipple's past. Um, I, I think that's going to be a guy that's going to be a big factor in the uh, pass offense because they have more plays where the tight end is the first read, which has not been the case in the past at Nebraska. Bonus follow-up to Brunt's bonus point. Will Travis Vokalek break Austin Allen's newly held record? Yes or no? What's the number again? Isn't it like 43 or no, 34 or something like that? I say yes. I say he gets there. I say uh, no because hey, on these formats, we're supposed to embrace debate or something yeah. like that. So, no, you're you're an idiot. <laughs> Bruns is an idiot. That's a no, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And as we embrace debate, BC, what do we need to learn? from the tight end position. Well, I don't know if we're going to see Thomas Fedone this year or not. I mean, it sounds like behind the scenes, it was a pretty serious injury, but um, they've also not given a lot of details about that. Um, and so there's been, I mean, we did, they just haven't been public about like what that timetable looks like completely. But I, I do think they need to be careful with him since he's coming back from, you know, a second injury. Uh, in back-to-back years so that's a that's obviously a big question I think just generally at the beginning of spring tight end would have been a spot a lot of us might have said well that can that'll be a strength of the team and it still might be but I think we don't know that I think that's a lot more hazy now Um, you know just and and part of that's you wanted to see if Fedone could really be that guy and just have a full runway into a season and and that's gone now I think Nate Borkercher is a guy that uh, people aren't going to bring up as much because he's a walk-on, but they really like who's going to play snaps. But um, And what we don't know is if they will back up the talk and actually get those guys the ball in the red zone more than they have in the past. Mark Whipple um, brought that up as something they really want to target, and I think people are sort of encouraged and optimistic he might bring more of that to the table, but we'll see. It's a great point right there. I think Nebraska had one touchdown to its tight ends in the red zone. That was Austin Allen's catch against Minnesota. To finish up an earlier point from Brunt, 38 catches for Austin Allen, 602 yards. Those are the numbers Travis Vokalek has in front of him. I believe Brunt's answer was no. No, uh, Brunt's answer yes. was yes. yes. BC's answer was no. We will, uh, we'll see if anyone remembers this next November. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We move on to the offensive line. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. BC, what do we know about Nebraska's offensive line after a spirited spring? Uh, we know we're going off what we hear on this, so I guess you have to you have to trust people because we don't. See what do it. you know, Brian? We we what can I, you hold right there in your hands? I think we heard show from the people. Okay, I, I would say what one thing I know is Nuri. Uh, is going to be one starter and probably at left guard. Um, everything else is kind of jumbled, and so Brunts has a wide-open answer here. Um, I, I think I know that they ran the ball quite well during the spring, too. Like, I mean, I didn't see it with my own eyes, but I feel like I have enough, we have enough sourcing on it now that you're like, okay, it's got to be true. Yeah, I mean, even Sean Beckton's like, yeah, when we wanted to, we ran it, you know, and um, you heard it from players and coaches alike. So, I feel like they had uh, success there. I think we know that Trent Hickson, um, which isn't like the sexiest storyline, but an important storyline, had a good spring. And that's interesting if he, as a six-year senior, could lock down that center spot. And then you can you keep Corcoran maybe outside at tackle. I don't know. Um, so those are the things I, I think I know. All right. Brunts, what do we need to learn up front? Yeah. We need to learn a lot, and we're not going to learn anything until Dublin. That's that's my take. I don't and think you're going to learn much in Dublin either. Yeah, that's my other take. There might be some some pushing guys around in Dublin on the on the rugby on the rugby field. I what what we don't know. I mean, the tackle spot is is curious because you have Teddy Prohaska coming off of a knee injury late last season. Um, you have. Turner Corcoran, who wasn't a participant in spring ball, even though he was kind of doing some individual stuff. Bryce Benhart, who had a shaky 2022 season, the 21 season. And you've got Hunter Anthony, the Oklahoma State transfer. So you've got four guys there. They've also been kind of mixing and matching. Um, you know, Kevin Williams was taking a few snaps at, at, at tackle. I don't think that's, um, you know, a long-term answer there, but, how those guys fit together um, is what we don't know. And the, that question though, I think becomes a little bit easier because of Trent Hickson potentially taking over that center job because it eliminates the, the do we don't we dance with Turner Corcoran potentially at center. So the tackle spots need to get figured out. Um, what I do know is that Nebraska's edge rushers were getting around the edge in the spring game. So that that's something to uh, to monitor with that tackle spot too. All right, good stuff there. Let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball. Brunts, what do we know about the defensive line? They need help. Uh, we know that we we got to see during warmups of the spring game um, how how thin that group is and. You know, they didn't have Casey Rogers in there this spring. Um, you know, we'll see where he's at in, in the fall. 
Ty Robinson took about 9,000 reps this spring. I believe that that was about what he said it was. Um, give or take a few. Give, give or take a few. So th- those are your two kind of veteran guys there. Um, you know, you, you've got some other guys that haven't been tested at that spot. Um, you're replacing Damian Daniels and Ben Stilley, two guys that played a ton of reps. So, you know, do you go into the portal and find some help there? Do you kind of count on some of those young guys like the Jalen Weavers or the Marquise Blacks to help you? Um, I don't know. I, I that the, Both lines are kind of a mystery, and the, the interior defensive line is more of a mystery to me coming out of spring and, um, you know, beyond Robinson and, and Rodgers. They've, they've got to find some depth there. BC, what do we need to learn about this defensive line? Um, I mean, there's quite a bit there. I, I I would go with a veteran angle of Casey Rogers. Like, I like Casey a lot and the player he was in 2020, but he's just had some bad injury luck since then. And so I think a key part of this discussion, we always talk about the younger guys, but can Casey um, be fully back where he can sort of take off from the 2020 version of himself when it's really been sort of a long <laughs> break there unfortunately for him and if he did that relieves some of my angst right away like if he's a if he's just solid and is back to being himself and you have him and ty robinson and they can actually stay healthy um that would be a big thing but that's a question to me then i think you get to guys like Hutmacher and feast at colton feast and i think you're thinking you might have something with those guys but what is it like to what level are they at how many reps are can they give you um what does that look like and then there's the next part which is the young guys is one of them you're going to need at least one and i don't know who it is maybe it's marquise black to maybe give you a little something it doesn't have to be everything right away this year but i think you need to have one of those guys who can maybe give you eight, 10 reps, you know, whatever it is where you feel like you can put them in there and give some guys some breathers. So there's a lot on the line. And then I think just the portal question, you know, can you land an O'Shawn Mathis? Um, Can you, um, do you stock up one more interior guy and also understanding, and we act like this is a video game sometimes that that guy isn't necessarily going to be the answer. Like Jordan Riley, I have nothing against him, but it didn't, it didn't, happen for him at Nebraska like we can't always act like just because you get a guy who has some experience that he's going to come in and solve everything so there's a lot there I do like their rush end spot um like that you know what they can do and maybe some tricks they can pull with um you know Nelson Tanner Jamari I think they can get something out of that that spot where they can maybe get more of a pass rush going all right, we'll get to the pass rush here in a bit. I want to throw in a, a bit of a bonus. What I know is that Jalen Weaver has really done some good offseason work. I thought he really slimmed down a little bit. What I don't know is how much he's going to be able to help the Huskers. But that was a guy that I was really sort of dubious about, given the size that he came in at and what he looked like last fall. I thought he looked noticeably slimmer this spring. And then I think, you know, given another year of working with that strength and conditioning staff, that's a deep name to file away. But Jalen Weaver is someone I would keep an eye on for future seasons, not necessarily 2022. All right, BC, I said edge rushers. Let's dive into that. Uh, these guys are likely going to be playing defensive end or stand up outside linebacker. I mean, or stand up defensive end, I should say. Nebraska is going to be vacillating between a 4-3 and a 3-4. What do you know about Nebraska's edge rush presence right now? Um, 
I think it's good. Like I, that, that tilts positive for me. Um, now that's, this goes back to what we were saying about running backs earlier. Can you go from good to great? And you, you first come to Garrett Nelson with that question, because he's a guy that I think we would say has been solid. Now what's the next step? Can he become like an all big 10 type of guy? Uh, a guy who pursues like double digit sacks or eight or nine sacks. I don't know. He looked really good in the spring. I know he's worked on his body and he's a determined dude and he's made pass rushing a priority. So I don't count him out. I think we know he'll probably be a team captain and the leader of the defense. Um, that's obvious. Caleb Tanner is interesting because he doesn't do his really do interviews. And so because of that, sometimes there's not as many headlines about him. So he kind of gets forgot about. But I thought he took a big step last year in sort of uh, – he didn't stay in place. He was a guy who was actually getting better, and now the question is can he finish more sacks, you know. Um, and I think we know Jamari Butler had a good spring. I think Blaze did too, but Jamari Butler in particular in the spring game stood out to me, and we know he's still here. Like I wondered with a guy like him – from Alabama, would he stick around, you know, in this portal age? And to his credit, he has. He needed to because he was a raw prospect. And I think now we're starting to get to the point where Nebraska might reap some benefits from that. Brunch, what do we still need to learn about Nebraska's edge rushers? Yeah, the the key to that group, I think, is the development of Butler and Gunnarsson. I think they both had good springs. Butler, in particular, got more mention, I think, than Gunnarsson did from the coaching staff. But if they can kind of make that next step in their development, Gunnarsson played uh, pretty significant snaps against Wisconsin and Iowa in the season last year. That that group becomes a lot more interesting, and they can help a little bit more, I think, as maybe a, a hand-on-the-ground defensive end at times. And so the, the development of that crew, I think, is maybe what we still don't know yet. All right. Let's uh, let's stay with linebackers, and we'll go right to the inside linebackers. What do we know about this group, Michael Brunts? Uh, there's depth there, I think. Um, you know, Nick Henrich and um, Luke Reimer are probably going to – they're your starters, I mean, based on what they did last season. But, you know, I, I think uh, Maga Clements had a good spring uh, from what we heard. I think he's maybe in a position to play a little bit more on defense than what he has been the last two years. And I, I liked the, the way that uh, Randolph Kapai and Ernest Hausman looked in that spring game. I mean, I, I think there's, there's something you can definitely build around with those guys. And I, I know I'm holding all this, this Hausman stock. I think that he's going to be a guy that's, that's not going to redshirt. I, I think he's going to be a potential special teams guy. And uh, that, that, that's what I, I guess I know, but I'm hoping because I'm I'm holding all the stock and and I got to do something with it. <laughs> I suspect I uh, we're gonna we're gonna hear some good to great talk here, BC. But what do we need to learn from about Nebraska's inside linebackers? That's my alley. It's good to great talk. <laughs> um, I, well, I think with I think it really fits here, though. I mean, these it, guys have been have been contributors. They've been starters. They're not new to the position. It's just now do they put themselves in position where they're difference makers? Yeah. You know, are they all conference guys, but also can they stay healthy um, for the full year? And I, I'm trying to think back. I think for the most part, those guys did last year. I know that going into 21, that was a big question with sort of Reimer and 
and Henrich is like, can you get through the full season? And obviously that's a position where you, uh, you get dinged up and you, there's a lot of contact on your body, but I mean, that's just, it is can, uh, Reimer and Henrich take that whole workload and, uh, be durable through the whole season. And, you know, can they be, I'd love to see, I think one of those guys needs to be like second team, all big 10 or something, you know, I don't, I don't think that's far fetched. I've thought Reimer is one of those guys a lot of people in the Big Ten aren't as aware of because Nebraska hasn't won like they should. But if Nebraska did, I think he would bust onto the scene in a big way. So, And then after that, what don't we know? I think it's sort of if I, – I like the depth too. I think Barrett Rude, you got to give him credit. They've lost some guys occasionally that have transferred out that were big-time recruits, but they really haven't uh, – it's been sort of a slap on the wrist for when those guys have left, like they've, they've sort of replaced it. And I feel like there's a lot of guys in the system that can work, but can a Hausman or a Kapai um, knock one of the older guys, maybe off the second line. I think that's an interesting thing to watch. You know, Garrett Snodgrass is a guy I think will play some too. And uh, Bruns mentioned Malga Clements, but how much could a Hausman or a Kapai maybe start to work their way into the system. And would Chris Kolarovic, uh, if the, if they were in a jam and they felt good about the nickel spot, would he take some reps at inside backer still? You know, kind of how they move Kolarovic around is a, a question too. But the thing I wonder with that group too is, is with all the questions that we just threw out about the interior defensive line, how are those guys going to function and can the defensive line keep the traffic away from them? Because I, I just think that picture is going to look a heck of a lot different this year with not having Damian Daniels yep. there to eat up space. I mean, that, that to me is, is such a big unknown and it's completely out of that group's hands, how that functions, because I mean, teams are going to try to crank it right at Nebraska and, and, and with good reason. And we're going to see how ready, Reimer and Henrich and those guys are to, to really kind of have to, um, you know, see a little bit of a different look than what they did last season. All right. We're jumping over to the secondary. Now we'll start with cornerback. You can roll Nickelback into your answer if you like as well. Uh, BC, what do we, what do we know at corner for Nebraska? Uh, Quinton Newsom is a guy you can write in pen as a starter. I think he's the one guy in the secondary I'd say that about, but there were pretty good clues about how the rest of the rotation is going to look given by Travis Fisher too. I think Tommy Hill leaves spring as sort of the favorite at the spot opposite, uh, Quinton Newsom. The question for Tommy is just if he can, uh, sort of become a, a student of all the details, sort of like Newsom has become and like Cam Taylor Britt before him. Uh, if he does that, Travis Fisher has said Tommy Hill has the most upside of anybody in his room. So th that's that's a that's a part that's exciting. Um, I'm sure Bruns will get to Omar Brown. I think he's going to factor in at some point um, if he's it gets a full runway with good health too. Um, beyond that, um, I you know I think Braxton Clark is sort of like your third or fourth guy, and there you go. Like you know there you got sort of a um, Hill, Newsom, Omar Brown, Braxton Clark, maybe a Timon Lineham gets in there. Marquise Buford could uh, move around. But I think the top two are going to be Newsom and Hill, and I thought we got an indication that that's where that might be headed um, by the end of spring. Brunch, what do we need to learn at cornerback? 
Well, Brian hit on. I mean, where does Omar Brown factor in all this? I mean, this is a guy that was a extremely productive corner at Northern Iowa. I think he was. Um, I mean, as we've documented on this podcast several times, I think that was a huge transfer portal win that probably got overlooked. But um, he he had a limited spring. I mean, he was out for the first half. I don't know how involved he really was in the second half, even coming back from an injury. So. He's kind of the guy that has the ellipses after him with, you know, you, you need to see what he can give you in the spring. And guys like Tommy Hill that, that came in have had, um, you know, the leg up and an opportunity to impress the staff a little bit. So if Omar Brown gets to full health and is able to get it going in the fall, that that adds a little bit to that competition. But he, he's the wild card completely in that group for me. All right. Let's jump over to safety. We will stick with Michael Brents. What do we know at safety for Nebraska? Yeah, that group is a little bit tougher. I mean, I feel like they've got good depth there, um, maybe more so than they did last season. It was last year. It was basically, it felt like a three-man rotation. I think that they, this year, like what they have. And Deshaun Singleton is a newcomer. Miles Farmer coming back as a veteran guy. Noah Pola Gates is, what, in his third or fourth season already. Um, fourth, I think, fourth in the, season, yeah. in the uh, program. Uh, Marquise Buford um, is another guy in that mix at safety. So I, I don't know that that group is settled. Um, I, I think that that's probably what we know is that it's still open competition. And, you know, I, I think that they can probably mix and match a little bit based on personnel and down and distance and all that stuff. BC, what are we looking to learn at safety? I think safety is one of those spots where sometimes people assume the next group up is going to be better than what was. And that's a dangerous assumption to make, because I think with like Deontay Williams and Markel Dismuke, um, you know, maybe they're not going to be guys who get drafted or anything like that. But you had guys who I think when you think about Nebraska's defense, they didn't give up a ton of explosive plays the last couple of years. And you got to credit Deontay and Markel, um, I think for not for being a really steady, you know, duo back there who just knew their job. So that's the question to me about these new guys is can you get two guys who are in sync with each other and you don't have sort of that one or two really costly blown plays um, that can sort of erase like a otherwise good afternoon of work. You know, that's the pressure of being a safety. Like you could have a good day for 95% of the snaps, but if you have a, that percentage is bad. It's really bad. It's a, uh, it's rough for the defense. So I think that's one of the questions. Um, and then I think, you know, who's starter still interesting to me. I sort of think miles farmer is going to emerge as a starter. Cause I think even though some people are skeptical off of his work last year, I think Travis Fisher likes him, but is Deshaun Singleton or Marquise Buford, like the next is the second guy. I don't know for sure who that second guy is, but I think that trio a farmer, Singleton and Buford might be the top and rotate a lot. All right. Last one. And I know people are going to be dialed in on it. What have we learned about special teams for 2022? Uh, I mean, Buscini, um, I think showed in the spring game, he did have a shank or two, but you know, he, he boomed it a few times. And I think that, people realize like, okay, he, he's got a legit leg and this can work out. So that was uh, that was an exciting part. I think we learned that 
Uh, no detail is too small for Bill Bush when he talks about special teams, and that's important. And I think uh, he also gave insights into the returnman possibilities. I think you're going to see a lot of Trey Palmer back there. They really trust him. Tommy Hill is even a guy that's sort of been looked at as a secondary option. Um, so that, you know, I think some of the key spots you know about and, uh, you know, Bleak Road is on the way at kicker and, and hopefully he's got the goods. Brutz, I feel like you've gotten some of the more difficult ones to tell us what we know. This should be one of the easiest ones. What do we still need to learn about Nebraska special teams? Well, we don't know. We don't know about Timmy Bleak Road and he needs to be the guy. Uh, that, that's what we know. I mean, Nebraska ha- has over more more times than not over the last few years shown its struggles on the kicking game and how that just bleeds over into every part of your offense, red zone offense, everything else. Um, that that group still looked super super shaky um, in the spring game. You know, obviously Bleak Road wasn't out there. He'll be there in June, but he's going to need to to have a year. And that's what uh, we still don't know is if he's up to the challenge. But it's uh, I don't know that we've seen anything to this point in the spring that would lead you to believe that the answer is currently on campus for for fixing the kick and woes. Good sign or bad sign that Nebraska's hopes and dreams rest on the leg of a guy named Bleak Road. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's no worse than running a uh a, a waiter from Leadbelly out there at a Big Ten game, is it? Well, look, I mean, he was perfect. He was he was their best, and he was their best option. Of the That's six, been the best the kicker over the last kick. over the last three seasons. Matt Waldock was Nebraska's best kicker. Someone tell me where I'm wrong. He didn't win Big Ten Kicker of the Year. And with all the respect possible for Connor Culp, give me Matt Waldock. Yeah, well, nobody stole Connor Culp's truck last year, so that's where the issue lied. Laid, laid, laid. Just didn't kick with the same authority after. <laughs> you know. Somebody just needed to go grab it and hide it in a parking garage downtown for a few weeks. All right. Well, uh, anything you guys want to add? I we didn't get to have any opening banter. We dove right into it. I I wanted to hustle us through every spot on the roster. We made it. Anything you want to add here? You're, you're like you're like me when I take my kids to the grocery store. You just got to get the horse blinders on. We're not looking. We're not touching anything. Just get to the business and get out. What's the most dangerous aisle to take your kid to in a grocery store? Anything that's like anything where there's glass jars. <laughs> I I guess I was thinking like where they could get the most distracted, hardest to get out of there without spending the most money. You literally went to danger. Like. What is going to not rely, end in like things being broken? That that's that's uh, <laughs> that's the goal. BC, any final thoughts? Uh, not really. I think Brunt's uh, is ending us on a good note, talking about grocery shopping with children. That's good. That's a good, nice, uh, nice thought. <laughs> Wait, uh, we're ending on a wholesome note. Get those kids out. <laughs> take them grocery shopping. See what happens. Endorsed heavily by Husker 24-7. All right. Well, we'll have more podcast content for you along the way here at 24-7 Sports. Of course, you can check out everything we're writing, everything we're doing at Husker247.com. Plenty of recruiting stuff going on. We'll dive into some of that more next time around, and we will catch you then. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. 
The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.